Good morning, thank you. And uh, my name is Chris, Chris Robbins, and it's my privilege to be opening the Word of God with you this morning. You, uh, if you've been following us, you'll know that as a church, we've been going through the book of Acts. In fact, we started even before Christmas time. And we've been looking at it a bit like a train journey through the book of Acts. And we've been stopping off at several stops and those stops could be people, it could be places, or it could be events. And uh, the, the, we've had a variety of speakers going through Acts, so it's been a, a great variety for you. Um, and last week, Paul stopped off in Acts 17, where the Apostle Paul was in Athens, and he came across the, the culture there. And, it's, and Paul was talking about the church and the culture. If you missed it, I do recommend you um, go back onto the webpage, um, kingscc.org, and you'll see all the sermons listed there. It, it, it was a, a very good sermon, so I would recommend you hear that. But today, we're going a little on, we're going a little bit further. The train's running along the tracks, and we're going to Acts chapter 19. So... If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Acts chapter 19, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 7. Now, it will come up on the screen. I don't know if it be this side or this side. Uh, that's um, for the uh, technical guys to work out. I just read it out. But I'll be reading from the ESV version, and that will, that's the version that will come up on the screen. If you prefer a different version, we'll follow it in your own Bibles. But it's uh, Acts chapter 19. Verses 1 to 7. And it happened. <laughs> Wonderful, isn't it? I love scripture when it just says, and it happened. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no. We've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul said, well, into what then were you baptised? And they said, well, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptised with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there were about 12 men in all. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Asked Paul. What a great question. What a great question even for today in 2021. If someone came to you and they knew that you were a Christian or that you attended church, and they say, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? How would you answer that? What would you say? You may have been a Christian for many, many years, 
or you may have been or become a Christian quite recently. Or indeed, you might not be a Christian today, but you're looking in to find out a little more about what the Christian faith is talking about. And maybe you're watching this on YouTube, our, our morning meeting. And if you are visiting us as such, I'd like you to, I want you to feel very welcome. I mean, it's great to have visitors. And if you want to drop us a line, the, the, our email address comes up many times during the meeting. So if you drop us a line and just tell us how you feel or if we're helping you or you have any questions, please be in touch because we love to hear from you. So the question is, what or who is the Holy Spirit? And is there such a thing as receiving or being baptised by the Holy Spirit? Years ago, in the late 60s, it was a battle, or there was a battle in local churches. In Terry Virgo's book, which I have a copy here, it's quite an old edition. In fact, it was published in, let me just see, 1985 and reprinted in 1988. So I probably bought this, well, this was one of the reprints. I probably bought it in about 1987, 1988. Yes, possibly about then. It's out of print now, but you can still get it online and you can get a second-hand version for about £2. I if you haven't read it, I recommend you get a little copy. I mean, you can see how old my copy is. All the, all the pages have gone yellow around the edges. Um, but it's a, it's a little treasure of a book and it talks about the beginning of the house church movement uh, that was sometimes described as the charismatic church movement and really does talk about um, the, the beginning of New Frontiers as it was in those days. So a hearty little read and he does have a whole chapter about baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I re recommend that. You see, as I just said, the, the house church movement was often referred to as a charismatic movement. Um, uh, and the, which is a, a community which is manifests the presence of, of the Holy Spirit among the people. And it's not just guitars and bands and electric drums and all the rest. It's not, that's not what charismatic churches mean. It's not just being happy clappy, as some people like to refer to our style of church. No, the charismatic church or a, a church in charismatic is a church where the presence of God is among the people with the coming of power, there's prophetic revelation through the Holy Spirit. I mean, just, just explaining it, just saying it gets me excited. Oh, I know we've been away from church in together but we've been church online but we haven't been meeting together for 12 13 14 months or whatever it is now and i can't wait i'm looking forward to the time where we're coming together where the presence of god comes upon us and there'll be the prophetic word there'll be the the the, the prophecies the speaking in tongues the the bursting out in worship oh how we're looking forward to that lord i pray hasten that day when we can do that again. 
When we look at the book of Acts, it's full of such encounters. And we do our, and we are praying as a church, Lord, bring more of your presence today. Even as we're looking online, either we're using Zoom or YouTube, Father, I pray that you use the technology that you have given us, that your power and your presence can come into all the homes of everybody watching online today. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, now this is, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we can go from the end of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and we can go from the end of those and we get to the book of Acts. And suddenly, power, the power comes, cities are turned upside down. Our limitations and weaknesses have been replaced with power. Why? How? But it's the Holy Spirit. Did you receive power? The power of God come upon you? Have you received the power of God upon you? I think we'd all say, well, we want to. Yes, please. Yes, more. If you have, more. Yes. Screen's gone blank. Back on, back on again. There we go. Do you know the power of God upon your life? Upon you? Years ago, I used to have quite a, a fancy sports car, or coupe car. Big coupe it was gas-guzzling engine, huge monster of a car. And my word, it was a powerful car. And when I used to drive home from the town where I used to live down in Kent, there was a beautiful road, it was called Seal Chart, and the trees overhung and the sun would dapple through, sunlight would come through, and it would be like a tunnel of trees. Beautiful, beautiful Seal Chart. And if the road was empty, no traffic, you could do quite a speed along there and uh but the car I had before was just a little tiny Datsun or Nissan with a very very small engine like a little single sewing machine going along then I upgraded very much upgraded to this big sports car and it was just wonderful to you know if there was no traffic about to put your foot down in the accelerator and the, you just feel the, the car lift and the power whoa it was, and, and friends used to say, "Well, oh, I love riding in your car, Chris." But uh, but they were the days where you didn't worry too much about <laughs> how much petrol the car was was burning. But it was fun to have while we had. But it actually, cost me a fortune every month. It was going in the garage or something wrong with it. But anyway, not a very good illustration. But we've all known such power like that. But the power to do what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Jesus said, to be, and you will be my witnesses. You have power to witness about Jesus. Oh, well, I get a bit embarrassed when I talk about Jesus to my neighbours. Well, because you haven't got the power. Yeah, well, when I talk to the family about the church I go to, I mention, I can mention church and I can mention God, but can't really mention about Jesus, you haven't got the power. 
It's the power. It's the, it flows from you when you're baptised with the Holy Spirit. You see, when Jesus said this in the beginning of Acts, it wasn't a foreign concept to the hearers. The apostles and the Jewish guys had, had a backcloth of the Holy Spirit coming upon folk. Gideon, cowardly Gideon, Holy Spirit came upon him and transformed him into a mighty warrior. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. David, the mighty King David, Elisha, Isaiah, and particularly Joel, who prophesied a coming, coming of the day of widespread outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all people. You see, those early guys, they knew about their ancestors. The Spirit coming upon people was not a strange thought or a strange idea. Throughout his ministry, Jesus said comparatively little about the Holy Spirit until in the upper room just before Gethsemane, now he was preparing to depart from them and preparing them to receive another like him. So on the day of Pentecost, we find 120 people waiting in an upper room who are suddenly filled. And we all know the story. Where does this fit in today? In our churches, in our belief in the Christian faith, where does it all fit in today in 2021? Question, are we automatically filled at our conversion? Or do we have to wait for the filling of the Holy Spirit as they did? And there can be some confusion, even some frustration. We know there is more. I need more of God, but we feel so ineffective. It's kind of, well, we want more, but yeah, uh, uh, I'm not very good at that. And uh, uh, you feel frustrated. And then we look into um, doc books of doctrine and we read great scholars and men of God disagree. John Stott, great uh, scholar, and Martin Lloyd-Jones, who I'm sure many of you have heard his name, they did not agree on the same doctrine. So <laughs> you could say, well, what hope do we have? I mean, I'm not a scholar of the, of the scriptures, like Martin Lloyd-Jones or John Stott. I do know that when I was baptised, when I came up out of that water, and it was in a swimming pool in Seven Oaks, I knew I was born again. I knew I was different. I knew from the day I came up out of those waters, I felt different. I began to think differently. I began to act differently. I knew I was a a new creation. I knew that. And in those days, we used to sing that chorus song, I am a new creation, no more in condemnation. You probably remember it. It's stuck with you now for the day, isn't it? But we used to sing that, and I knew I was. And I'm sure many of you listening who were baptised, you, you know you were a different person. You went in the water and you died to your old self and you came out a new man or a new woman. But was I filled with the Holy Spirit? 
You see, Paul's question here in Acts 19 would not make sense if I, if I had received everything when I came out of that water. Because why would Paul say, well, have you received the Holy Spirit when you were baptised? There was obviously something, there was obviously something more, something that the Ephesian disciples were lacking. Paul himself was filled with the Spirit when Ananias laid hands on him following Paul's Damascus Road conversion. That's in Acts chapter 9. In fact, I spoke about that a few weeks ago, how Ananias was told to go into this, uh, to find Paul, or as he was known then, a soul, and to lay hands on him. And it must have been a very fearful day for Ananias to go and meet Saul, who was the murderous tyrant who was capturing those Christians or those who were on the way, as the Bible talks about. But it was... It was what Jesus had promised his disciples when they, when he said they will receive power to be his witnesses, Acts chapter 1. Now there is a general teaching that says that every believer automatically receives power of the Holy Spirit at conversion. But it seems to me from scripture, when you look at the Bible, that does not really stand up to much investigation. The new converts in Samaria, for example, in giving their testimony, would have said that they were converted through the preaching of Philip, the evangelist, and then a few days later received the power of the Holy Spirit when Peter and John laid hands upon them, and that's all written out in Acts chapter 8. You see, it was three days after Paul's conversion on the Damascus Road that he received the power of the Holy Spirit through the laying of, of hands from Ananias. Here in today's scripture, Acts 19, Paul baptised his group of disciples, um, having told them about Christ, and subsequent to their baptism, he laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And it says they spoke in tongues and began to prophesy. For them, the both experiences happened on the same day, but not at the same time. They were two separate experiences, very close together. But they were two different there were two separate experiences. See, and Paul did not hesitate to lay hands upon them for the gift of the Holy Spirit. During Jesus' ministry on earth, Jesus said the Spirit was not yet given because he, because he, not because the people hadn't waited long enough or they weren't ready, but because he was not yet glorified. And you can read that in John, John's Gospel, chapter 7, and especially in verse 39. You see, once Jesus was glorified, no one was ever again told to wait for the uh, coming or the endowment, sometimes as some writers put it, of power. In John chapter 7, 
It says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Was there a, was there a delay? Yes, because Jesus had not been glorified at this point. Did people believe in him? Yes. Were they following him? Yes. Were they filled with the Spirit at this point? No. But now, as we know, now Jesus is glorified. So that means we don't have to wait for our hearts to flow with rivers of living water. This power that is promised now Jesus is glorified, this promises for you and for me, for all of us. Well, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe God's not ready. No, 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 no. Dismiss any thought like that. Are you called? Well, then you are qualified. Are you holy enough? That's got nothing to do with it. The Spirit was not yet given in the early chapters because they were not ready. No, no, the Spirit was not yet given then because Jesus had not yet been glorified. That hindrance or that obstacle is now gone. Jesus is now glorified. Therefore, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us now. Hear this with faith. Let faith rise up in you. If you want more of God, if you want more of the power, if you want your hearts to flow like rivers, if you want to be able to praise in spirit and in truth, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's for all. Am I not good enough and... Anyway, someone prayed for me and it didn't work. No, no, no. I've heard folks say that. Maybe you have said that in the past. No, no, no. You, how can you be good enough? When will you ever be good enough to receive God? Jesus makes you good enough. You don't make yourself good enough. Don't believe that. No, you cannot make yourself good enough. Jesus makes you good enough. Jesus did it for us, and furthermore, it's a gift. In John chapter 37, the key word is, and the key word is thirsts, to be thirsty. If you are thirsty, come to Jesus. We're not coming to the church leader, we're not coming to the house group leader, we're not coming to, no, we're not coming to man, we're coming to Jesus. Uh, maybe some a friend with you, a leader with you, uh, helping you along, praying with you alongside you, of course. 
But you're not coming to them. You're coming to Jesus. At big meetings, when we used to have big meetings and conferences, they'll come back one day, you know, just keep keep hanging on there. But there's a big appeal and people go to the front. There's sometimes hundreds of people going to the front. They're not going to the speaker who was on the platform. No, they're going to Jesus. They're going to Jesus. Jesus is the one. Jesus says, come to me. Follow me. I am. I am who I am. The stage is now set for anyone who thirsts to, de to delay no longer, but come to him, come to Jesus and drink. Not looking at your own shortcomings, but to his word that the promise is for everyone who thirsts. Do you thirst? Are you thirsty? You see, some Christians mistakenly believe that receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for mature believers who have walked with God for a long time, who are now qualified to receive. No, 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 no. Look at the... What Paul, what Paul said to these 12 people in Ephesus. He baptised them in the name of Jesus, laid hands upon them, and they received. Not much time for maturity there. No, it's not for mature Christians. It's for those who are called, for those who are thirsty, for those who want more of God. Now, a baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a reward for doing well. Don't think, oh yes, I've been a good boy, I've been a good girl, I can now have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a, war, not a reward for how well we have done on our own. It is a gift given to you that will enable you to overcome right from the start. If you're a new Christian, receive it now. If you've been a Christian for many years but felt that you want more, receive it now. If you want topping up as such, you want to receive it again, receive more. Keep on be being filled. I don't know what tense that is, but it's a, like an active past, future tense. Be being filled. Keep on. Now, laying out of hands is often associated with the coming of the Spirit although essentially we're coming to Jesus, as I just said, but we come and drink and we receive from God. And the promise is for every believer. The qualification is thirst to be thirsty. Jesus said, come to me. So we come to Jesus. Now the laying, of, laying on of hands, I know, is not easy at the moment. With the two distance, two meter distancing going on and masks and everything, and you'd have to have very long arms to reach two, two meters. But we now know, thank you, Lord, that it won't be long before we can meet again in person. Praise God, it seems that we're coming to a new beginning. 
coming back to a new normal. And that will happen. That will happen. It's coming. But I can't talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit without mentioning about speaking in tongues. When a believer is filled with the Holy Spirit, it seems that he or she starts to speak in tongues. And what is this? Well, it's a gift. It's a gift that we are given that we can uh, that we can use for our spirits really to draw closer to God. He allows us to overflow in praise and adoration by using a language which flows from our soul, from our real being. It just flows up. Now, it's not God who speaks in tongues. It's us. We speak the language that he gives us. How do we do this? Well, we use our mouth. We use our voice. The apparatus that we speak with, our jaw and our tongue, they all come into, into effect. And we, we speak. But this time we are speaking a language that is given to us and we are speaking directly with God. Ignoring what's going on around you, you're just being one with God. But can I emphasize that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about speaking in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is receiving the power and out of our hearts will flow living water. Now you may speak in tongues a lot, you may hardly speak in tongues, but that does, that's irrelevant, that doesn't matter. What is relevant is that you know the you know the oneness of God, the power of God. Now tomorrow, Monday, let's look at the calendar. That's Monday the tenth. As a church, we're starting a an alpha course online because we can't meet in person yet, as we all know that. Um, and it's online, so you can stay in the comfort of your own home with your family if you wish. And you can attend an Alpha course. Now, I, I personally don't know how many weeks it is. I think it might be eight or nine weeks or something. But this course, I would recommend if you have questions about the Holy Spirit, if you have questions about who is Jesus, who really is Jesus, if you've got questions about, well, how do we really pray? And if you've got the big question, well, what is the meaning of life? What is this all about? If, you, if that question is still, you're still asking yourself, still in your mind, you can't lose that question, well, this course is for you. It starts tomorrow evening, 7.30. Go to alpha at kingscc.org. Send, uh, send a little message and the team who will organise it will pick you up and... Um, write back to you or call you or whatever, they'll be in contact with you. Don't worry. If you miss the first one, don't worry. You can join in at the second one. Don't, don't exclude yourself. If you can't make Monday night tomorrow, but you can make the following Monday, well, come in the following Monday. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Now, during the course, as in all Alpha courses, there is what they call a Holy Spirit Day. 
or morning or afternoon or however they, it's done in various locations, where we will come together. Now, obviously, this day will be planned for the end of June when it seems like, by all accounts, it seems like that we will be able to gather in groups, gather as people at the end of June. So it seems like that that if you, if you would like to come to that Holy Spirit Day, let us know. And if, if we are permitted with all the COVID regulations and guidelines, if we are committed to lay hands on you, we will. If you are thirsty, we will lay hands on you. We will be delighted to see to, to for you to experience the, the power of the Holy Spirit. But if you just want to come on the Alpha course, it's not too late to join. I know it's a, it's happening tomorrow night, but don't exclude yourself. If, however, you are thirsting for baptism of the Holy Spirit and you can't wait, what I've been saying and what you've been hearing from over the weeks, and you think, no, I want it now, Chris, well, send a message to pastoral at kingcc.org. That email address comes up on the screen many times, so don't worry. Send a message and it will get back to me and it will get back to the others and we will arrange something. You can come round to my garden and we'll discuss it. We can go for a walk up in the fells. We'll arrange something. Don't let the moment pass. Because remember, Jesus said, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. You will not be ashamed to talk about me. You'll be able to mention my name, Jesus, in your, in your workplace, in your school place. You will not be ashamed because you have the power of the Holy Spirit. If people laugh at you, you can take it. If people ridicule you, you can take it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll have a love in you for people that you never knew you had. You'll be There'll be something in you that is different. And you will be witnesses. And it says in the Jesus' words, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. In other words, all over. In your local street, in your local town, in your local city, the place where you work. In fact, all over the world. Wherever you are. When you're sitting on an aeroplane, when we can go on an aeroplane again. When you're sitting next to a person on an aeroplane, you'll be able to talk about Jesus. Let me pray. Let me pray for us all. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that these words are your words. Thank you for the truth. And I pray, Lord, that those who are thirsting for you, in whatever situation we find ourselves, I pray that you would fill us, Lord. Come, come, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would fill us maybe for the very first time or I pray for those who have been filled many times but want even more. Lord, I pray more, Lord. And I pray especially for those in this lockdown period who are feeling low and finding it difficult to 
to come close to you, Father, I pray, put a thirst, put a thirst in their heart, Lord, and come and meet that thirst, and may rivers of living water flow from them. Thank you, Father. And I pray, Lord, that I pray back to you the words, out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. See you, see you soon, guys. See you, see you really soon. Bye-bye for now.